Thank you for tuning in. My prayer is that this message is going to be an encouragement to you personally and will cause great growth in your life. It's time to live and it's time to take this next step forward. God bless you as you listen. If you have a Bible app, get your Bible. Bible apps open to John chapter number 20, verse 1. John chapter 20, verse 1. Yeah, he is risen. He is risen. <laughs> it was funny because early this morning, um, uh, someone, one, one of the individuals from our church, Alex, he, he sent me a text. It's probably about, I don't know, maybe about 7, 730. And, and, and he said, he is risen, but we are hiding because there are tornado sirens here. And I'm like, well, where are you? <laughs> it's like, well, I went home to Tyler and out in East Texas. So we were praying for East Texas for about 30, 45 minutes until the all clear sign happened. I hope that everything's okay in Tyler uh, with all of our friends out there and just praying that God does something amazing in all of us today. I've titled today's message, Unlocking Easter's Secrets. Unlocking Easter's Secrets. Now, I was raised in church. Uh, Most of you guys know that. Family, you definitely know that. You've been raised in church too. You didn't have a choice. And that's that's just the way it was, right? It was never a question, all right? You, You were raised in church. But I've heard the Easter story told... I mean, like, definitely more than most people. Uh, not only just hearing it in the home, but hearing it at church, and my, and 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 even though even growing into ministry work, telling the Easter story over and over and over again as a children's pastor, I would tell the Easter story again and again and again. Uh, when I was a young uh, staff pastor, we would hold these huge pageants for for like two weeks. We would hold these these Easter pageants night after night after night after night. We, where, where I mean, we brought in like donkeys and horses and camels and everything into the church, and and uh, and we, we would portray uh, the, the 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 week prior to to Jesus uh, and his resurrection and all of that and. Uh, yeah, I, I've heard the story a lot, but I want to tell you, that story doesn't grow old with me because it, it is the central story of our faith, and it's also the most powerful story in human history. I mean, today, uh, Resurrection Sunday is, I would consider this to be the highest of all the high holy days of our faith, of Christianity. And so as I was preparing for today's message, I I. I Went at it from a little different angle. Uh, a lot of times, I'll, I'll just spend a lot of time in prayer saying, God, what do you want me to say? And I guess, I guess actually I did do that. But uh, I, I just felt God saying, go back and reread the story. So I went into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I read the story all the way through. And then I reread it. And then I read it again, the, the resurrection story from every uh, gospel account. And then I thought, well, you know what? The scriptures were meant to be listened to as well. They were meant to be spoken. So I want to listen to it. So I went out for a walk and I listened on the audio Bible to all of the stories over and over and over again. And, and, and I felt God saying, there's some common threads here I want you to get. And, and I saw some common threads. It's like I, I, my eyes were open to some secrets that for me that were kind of like hidden in plain sight. And I'm going to talk to you about those four secrets, the things that jumped out at me today. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the account from the Gospel of John, John chapter 20, verse 1. And a little bit about John. John was known as the uh, disciple who loved Jesus, who Jesus loved. He was known as, uh, as John the Beloved. Some of you have heard of, heard of him uh, that way. There was this really close relational bond between Jesus and John. And, and he wrote the Gospel of John, which is the fourth of the, of the, uh, the Gospels. Interesting, the Gospel of John is different than the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, 
Mark and Luke because the Gospel of John really features and focuses uh, the vast majority of everything that's in there is on the last week of the life of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's very different. And, uh, and he also wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Those are individual letters that he sent out. And he also is, wrote the book of Revelation where he was uh, put on the isle, island of Patmos as a prisoner and just an incredible uh, author, uh, incredible man. I mean, you cannot read his writings without feeling the love that he has for Jesus all of his life. In fact, I would say he has written some of the most potent literature in the New Testament. And, uh, and he writes this for us that we're going to read here in just a second in uh, the Gospel of John chapter 20, verse 1. But, but I want to give you a little bit of background, first of all. A L- little bit of background on this. If you're not as familiar with the story, uh, prior to, to what I'm about to read, uh, there was a week earlier, which we call Palm Sunday, there was this uh, triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Jesus came in, they hailed him as king, and they were expecting him to take the throne, but he didn't. <laughs> he went and wept over Jerusalem. He began talking to his disciples about signs of the end times, which I'm talking about on my Tim at 12 during the week. And then he, uh, he did a lot of teaching all week long, some interesting meetings and teaching that he did. And then it really kind of uh, begins to, the, 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 the story really begins to build when he brings the disciples in for what we call the Last Supper. And they celebrated this Passover meal. And as they were celebrating it, I mean, he introduced the concept of communion to them, which we're going to be doing in just a moment. And, and if you don't have communion elements with you, just get something uh, that can represent the, the body and the blood of Christ because we're going to do communion. I want to do communion with everyone here in just a few minutes. But he introduced the concept of communion to us. And, and then after that, uh, he went out into the garden and he began to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says that, that uh, he was praying such intense prayers. He was actually asking God if there's any way around this whole thing of crucifixion. Uh, he'd, like, he'd like another path. Uh, some of you guys feel that way too. God, if there's any way we can not do this, I'd like that. Well, Jesus did that too. And, and as he was, was praying, the Bible says even like, like his sweat became like drops of blood. And, and, uh, and during this time, the disciples were falling asleep. And then, then Judas came and Judas came and betrayed him with a kiss. And then Jesus was arrested and, and, and he was taken off. And, and, and he, was, he began to go through these series of trials, which was basically a kangaroo court. It was just ridiculous. And, and it just continued to build one thing after another. They tortured him and then they took him out to... Golgotha, which is the, the, the place known as the skull, where they would execute and crucify criminals. And he carried his cross up there. They, they, they nailed him to the cross, and he was crucified on Friday. And then, uh, and then by noon, you know, his, his body had, had given up the, the spirit, and, and darkness fell over the land. There was, this, there was just this incredible earthquake that happened. The veil in the temple was torn in half, which lets us know the spirit of God doesn't dwell in the Holy of Holies anymore. It dwells now somewhere else. It's in us. And, uh, and then... <laughs> Uh, they took Jesus down from the cross. They put him in the tomb and they, they buried him before dusk on Friday because Saturday was the Sabbath and all was silent on the Sabbath. But then early, early Sunday morning before it was dawn on resurrection day, we pick up the story in John chapter 20, verse one. It says early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone that had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter, the other disciple, 
and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and that's John talking about himself. It's interesting when you read the book of John, John never calls himself by name. He says, I'm the one Jesus loved. I'm the other disciple. I, I don't know what that's all about, but, but uh, he, the, the, he says, and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple, John, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. I like the way that John just says, I run faster than Peter. I, I, I don't know why he put that in there, but he's def- it's his story to tell, all right? Peter didn't write a gospel. He did, all right? And, and, he, and he says, and I reached the tomb first. It says, then he bent over, meaning John bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came in along behind him and went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. It says, he saw and believed. Look at those four words. He saw and and believed. Important words. Important words. Do do you believe? I mean, do you really, really, really believe? Come on, let's pray right now. God, I pray that you will help us to believe. God, heighten our faith. And Lord, God, as I speak, Lord, I pray that, that, that faith will rise for power, joy, peace, and hope to everyone who's listening in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I was going through all four accounts of the, uh, the Gospels and looking at the story of the, re- the resurrection and really the days that were immediately following the resurrection, I found a common word that was there, and it's the word believe. 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 It was all through the story, and in all my years of hearing this story, I've never really caught that. You see, I've always wondered, maybe you've wondered, like, why did Jesus spend another 40 days kind of like popping in and out of homes, like showing up on roads and by and, and out at lakes and stuff and just talking to people after his resurrection? Why did he spend 40 days doing that? It's kind of always just like that. You know, what was he doing that whole time? Why was he there? What was he doing? Well, after I had read and had really looked through all of this, I, I realized that he was up to something. See, what Jesus was doing is he was being patient and he was taking his time with his followers and interacting with all of them, not just the 12, not just the 11 disciples, but all of them until they all believed. See, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the, all of the major uh, determination of Jesus was one thing after the resurrection. He wanted people to believe. That's actually what he was after. It's just like, he's patient with you. He's patient with me. He's doing all that he can to make you and me and us. He wants us to be people of faith. He wants us to be people who really believe. Not just people who have seen some miracles. Not just some people who have encountered some really interesting stuff or brushed up against Jesus. No, he wants us to really, really believe. Because believing and faith unlocks the secrets of Easter. Now think about this. When John looked in and he went inside, he says, I, he saw and believed. What did he see? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. He saw an empty tomb. The empty tomb yeah. caused him to believe. Faith was stimulated by an empty tomb. Yeah. 
I want to be like that. I want to be a man of faith. I want to be a person who, uh, who has that unseen, even resurrection power operating in my life. Just like Peter and John, I choose to believe even when I can't even see anything. Which takes me to the first secret of Easter. Here it is. Within you, within you is resurrection power to overcome everything you've been facing. Come on, write that down. Within you is resurrection power to overcome everything you've been facing. You know, as as believers, we have this unseen power that's inside of us. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And and the Holy Spirit is likened to wind. Have any of you seen the wind? No, you can't see the wind. Now you can see the effects of the wind. you, You can feel the wind but you can't see the wind, and that's how the Holy Spirit works. I can't see the Holy Spirit, but I see the effects of it. I feel the Holy Spirit. I know He is real. That is the unseen power of God that now resides in me. That's the unseen power that actually resurrected Jesus from the grave. So the question is, do you believe? Do you believe? In Romans chapter number 8, verse 11 I want to, in fact, if you want to look over in Romans 8, that's a good place to go because I'm going to read a couple passages uh, to you from Romans 8. But in Romans 8, verse 11, Paul says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit, if it's living in you, (laughs) He who raised Christ from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit, will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Now, here's the deal. If you feel dead, if you feel dry, if you are in a situation where you just say it's hopeless, it's without life, I'm overly stressed, I'm exhausted, I want to tell you this. The same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that Holy Spirit that caused that corpse to come alive in the tomb is in you. 2,000 years ago, that corpse came to life because of the power of God. And if it can do it in that tomb, it can do it in you. I'm just saying to you guys today, get up, arise, because within you is resurrection power. And that resurrection power will help every single one of you to overcome the problems, the challenges, the frustration, and the loneliness that you're facing. That's Easter secret number one. Easter secret number two is this. God is on your side. God is on your side. Just think of how patient he was with those disciples going to them, just wanting them to believe, wanting them to believe. Because I'll hang out around here for 40 days in my resurrection body until everybody can finally believe. Hey, listen, God's not against you. He's not like disgusted with you. He's not giving up on you. He's not. God loves you. God's on your side. Think about this. You're on the winning team. So do you believe Do you believe? In Romans chapter 8, down in verse 31, I want to read something else that Paul said about the resurrection of Christ. He said, then what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him, graciously give us all things. He wants to give you all things. He gave up his son so that you could have that spirit in you. Look down at verse 35. Come on, this is good. Who shall separate us from the love of God? 
So trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, the sword. Come on, no. Verse 37, no, no, no. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him, Jesus, who loved us. Oh, I like this next part. This next part's my favorite. For I am convinced. I'm convinced of this for you guys. Because I know things aren't going just perfectly easy in anybody's life in this room. For you, I'm convinced of this. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, nor any height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, including COVID, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the message of the resurrection. Your financial crisis, your emotional crisis, your physical crisis, your occupational crisis, your dark valley that you're walking through, please understand this. It cannot separate you from from God. He's on your side. The resurrection provided that to us. So do you now believe God's on your side? And that's just the second of the four secrets I found. Here's number three. Easter's power is in believing, which is also the same as faith. Easter's power is actually in believing and faith. And it's not just to make you feel good. It's so you can change the world. Easter's power is believing in faith so you can change the world. Now, guys, I just want to tell you this. Resurrection power is not just for us to enjoy and to make us comfortable. Not just for that. It is for that, but it's for a whole lot more. There's purpose in the power that's in you. See, if you believe, you can have faith and you can change the world. So you want to be a world changer? Of course you does. I mean, it's, it's, it's built in every single one of us. Okay, again, now, now why did Jesus keep making these random appearances for 40 days after his resurrection? Well, again, every appearance was designed to get all of his followers to believe and to increase their faith. Here's what Jesus knew. If his followers didn't really believe, if they didn't have faith, there's no way they could change the world. They would just go back to their old ways of life. And I'm telling you, during this time, what we're going through, I'm asking you to believe and to have faith. Because when this is over with, I don't want you going back to your old way of life. Finally, when all of the followers all believed and they had all engaged their faith, then Jesus ascended into heaven and they were empowered to then change the world. One of the characters in this is one of his disciples by the name of Thomas. Now, you've all heard of Doubting Thomas, right? Okay, well, uh, Doubting Thomas, some of you just heard about that just in culture. Well, it actually comes from the Bible. It's one of the disciples of Jesus. And I, I, I don't really like the fact that they call him Doubting Thomas, but we like to make fun of him. You know, we, we pick on him. Hey, Doubting Thomas, what's your problem, Thomas? Uh, can't you believe? Well, for some reason, we just like to make fun of Thomas because he doubted. But then you're kind of opening yourself up to the same thing because every single one of you have doubted. But we'll just move on from that, okay? But I believe that Thomas is one of the reasons why Jesus just kept hanging around, continuing to inspire his followers to believe. Do you realize that Thomas was the last of the 11 disciples to believe? 
but it was critical that he believed. Because get this, if you can't believe in the power of the resurrection, you can't change the world. It doesn't alter your lifestyle. I love it because Jesus then confronted uh, Thomas directly. And he said these words to him. He said, stop doubting and believe. I love it. I mean, Jesus is just right in his face. I'm sure he said it with a smile, but, but he just really got in his face. In John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31, we see this interaction between Jesus and Thomas. And I want you to look at this. John 20, this is uh, where, where we had uh, started earlier in John chapter 20. Look down at verse 24. It says, now Thomas, who is also known as Didymus, so we know that that means he had a twin, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. The first time to meet all the disciples. So the other disciples told him, well, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, well, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A little bit of an attitude there. So you know what Jesus did? He just kept hanging around. He's going to keep hanging around for you. (laughs) Some of you said, I won't believe unless this and this and this happens. Well, let's wait till the story. Let's just get back to the story. It says a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the, lo- through the doors, excuse me, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Can you imagine Jesus walking into a lock- locked room, and all of a sudden he's there, peace be with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'd have to say peace be with you, because everybody would be going, ah! <laughs> all right? And then he said to Thomas, first one he points out, because the other ten were believing Thomas didn't. He said, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Here's when he says it. Stop doubting and believe. Now, I love this, this next part, because... Thomas never did what he said he was going to do. Thomas never actually had to put his hand into his side, touch it all. He didn't have to do all that. And some of the things that you're asking God to do for you, well, if this and this and this don't happen, I'm not going to believe. Well, you know what? God may just give you such a powerful encounter with him that you don't even have to see that. Because here's what happened to him. Thomas then said to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believed. You didn't have to touch him. But then... I like this. Jesus also says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that includes all of us. The cool story about Thomas is he didn't just drop off the planet. I know we don't hear much more about him in the Bible, but Christian history, in fact, history uh, throughout other parts of the world tells us about Thomas. Thomas left the Roman Empire and he went into India. And he preached the gospel in India for almost 40 years. He planted churches all the way through India, down to the very southern tip of India, where he was finally martyred. Doubting Thomas? No. He's a world changer because he believed. And if you're doubting that God is up to good things in your life, if you're doubting, I'm asking you to stop doubting and start believing. Easter's power is believing with faith so that you can change the world. So do you believe? Come on, here's secret number four. Impossible doesn't exist. Impossible doesn't exist. Write that way. In fact, a good way to write this word down is write the word impossible 
put a circle and a slash through it. <laughs> Christ haters tried to destroy Jesus, but he came back to life with even greater power. You know, the thing is, you can't keep God in the grave. And because of the resurrection, impossible doesn't exist. People of faith, I mean, people who, who believe, I don't think we should even use the word impossible. I mean, my boys right here, you know that when, we, when you were growing up, if you had said, I can't, I would make you quote a scripture. And you know it, you have it memorized. Come on, you did, this is impromptu, but what would I make you say back to me? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, you can all say it still today. <laughs> Yes, we don't do we don't say the I can't thing. Impossible doesn't exist. I I have this little pewter coin that I like to carry with me in my pocket. And I like it. It has a cross on one side and I like it because it reminds me of the cross and on the back it says this. It says with God all things are possible. Yeah. Touch this you can feel it. All things are possible. You can reach into my pocket, just feel it. Because I don't carry like real coins anymore. I just have this, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. And the resurrection proves that. You know, we're in a time like we've never been in before. And it's, it's, it's kind of hard to believe that just a few weeks ago, we were carrying on like normal. Everything was just moving along and just going about our business. But today, everything is different than it was. We've learned new words like social distancing. I never knew there was such a thing. <laughs> uh, I even found social distancing, it's kind of funny, in the story of the resurrection is because when Mary came to, to, to hold on to Jesus, he said, no, 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 stay back. I'm not yet sending <laughs> my heavenly bodies. That social distancing started in the garden. But there's social distancing, uh, this thing, Zoom. Uh, I, I used Zoom before this, but now Zoom is how I have meetings. It's cool now to wear a bandana over your face and go into the store. <laughs> I went through a drive through the window the other day, and, and uh, the window opened up. I couldn't see the guy. All of a sudden, the guy looked at me, and he had this big, like, big teeth uh, on it on the front of his bandana. And I just went, ah! It scared me. Like, don't stick me up. I get on. I'm, I'm the customer. <clears throat> Church doors are closed. Schools are. No longer meeting businesses, they're, they're shuttered. Um, restaurants and coffee shops are empty. The movie screens at the theaters, they're dark. Performance halls are quiet. Countless meetings and gatherings and funerals and conferences and events, they've all been canceled. But the resurrection is not canceled. And I'll tell you, I'll take it a step further. The church is not canceled. Oh, some people are saying out there, I saw a, a billboard the other day that was in the news. Church is canceled. Well, you know what? No, it's not. The church is not canceled because it is the body of Christ. <laughs> and like nothing could stop the resurrection. Nothing can stop a believing church of Jesus Christ. The secrets of Easter uh, that are unlocked, they're unlocked for people who choose to believe. And I'm one of them. God is always in the business of bringing life out of death. Jesus emerged from the tomb so that we can step out too, so that we can move forward on Easter and, and really every other day. And I'll tell you, there is nothing, nothing, nothing in this world that could have stopped the resurrection from happening 2,000 years ago. And there's nothing in this world that can stop resurrection power in you and through you today. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. 
We worship the God of the empty tomb. We worship the God of the resurrection. And we implore you, Lord, to bring new life, new strength, new hope, and new help, and new power in this dark season. And I just say, God, let it start in me. Let it start in us. In fact, will you say it right now with me? Let it start in me, God. Let it start in me. Let resurrection power flow through me. I choose to be an agent of change in this new era in Jesus' name. I believe, we believe in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. If you're watching right now, and... uh, you don't have a relationship with Christ. And you're hearing these things about the power of resurrection. And you're saying, I want that. I need that. You're ready for your sin to be forgiven. And you're ready to move forward on a new path of living for Jesus and following the Jesus that came to life and having that resurrection power go into you. If that's your desire, then I'm asking you today, if you'll just pray these words with me. You can pray them in your heart. You can pray them out loud. I don't want you to feel foolish doing it, but just do it. (laughs) Watch what can happen in your life. Will you pray these words with me? In fact, those of you who are here in this room with me, pray with me just as, as an encouragement for those who are praying it right now. Give your life to Jesus. This is how to give your life to Jesus. Pray these words with me. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your blood that was shed for me on the cross. I give my life to you. I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I believe I am a person of faith. I serve you now, Jesus. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer with me and you gave your life to Christ, I want you to let me know. I have a text number that I want to give to you. And I want you to take this number and I want you to write it down, punch it into your phone or whatever. But I want you to take this number and I want you to send me a message. The number is this. It is 817-203-4565. 817-203-4565. It's on the screen right in front of you there. And just send me a message. Just say, I prayed that prayer today. And I'll be able to respond back to you. And thank you for making that decision also give you some next steps in your walk with God. Just send me that message right now. I'll be taking a look at it here in a little bit, a little bit later. You'll hear back from me within a couple hours. Um, and even if you're watching on the replay, send me that message because I'll still get it. One of the things that's beautiful, though, about Easter is it's one of the best times. I, I would say it is the best time of the year to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And now we're going to move into a time of communion. If you're at home and you don't have any communion elements, you know, just just grab some bread and some water. That can work as communion elements or anything. But but I want you to get something right now, and I want you to prepare communion. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but I want you to prepare some communion right now. I want to have communion with you. I want... Along with you, I want to reflect on what what Christ really did for us, on what caused him to give his life to us on the cross, and what that really means for us. There are two emblems in communion. One is the bread, 
represents the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ that was broken for us, that was, we see it as being what Jesus, um, what Jesus was, was, how Jesus was scourged and beaten and pierced on the cross. This represents him. Jesus said, take, eat, do this in remembrance of me. He said, whenever you take this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim. This is actually a way of preaching. It's, it's like an object lesson. We're preaching. We're proclaiming the Lord's death. And he said, and I want you to do it until I come again. And we're going to do that now. So I'd like for you to take the bread, the body of Christ. I'd love for you to take this juice, the blood of Christ, family, friends who are with me right now. And I want you to take it. Take the bread right now. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for your body that was broken for me. Lord, thank you. And I do this in remembrance of you, Lord. Thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I choose to associate my life with yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remember, his body was beaten for you by his scourgings, by his stripes. You're healed. You're healed. Take the cup. So this cup is the New Testament in my blood. It's the new covenant. He said, take this and drink this in remembrance of me. Just like the disciples did some 2,000 years ago, we take this cup and remember you, Jesus. Thank you for shedding your blood for us. We remember and we're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful for all you did for us. Thank you for your blood. May your blood continue to give us power, strength. In Jesus' name, amen. You just take a moment and just worship God. Just, just a few seconds alone. But I want you just, just to pray your own prayer to God. You may not know what to say, but just say, God, I love you. Say, Jesus, I love you. Some of you who are watching, you, you probably haven't even prayed in years. Pray in right now. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Will you do that? Jesus. Come close, God. God, come close to every person. Come close to us all on this beautiful Resurrection Sunday. Come close to us all in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I love my Jesus. I love my God. He's very present in this room. He's very present where you are too because you're connected to what's happening right here. God's wonderful. God is wonderful. He's wonderful. And he is up to big things in your life. All you have to do is believe. Believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Preston is coming with me now, and we have a few announcements and things to share with you. So, <clears throat> Preston, come on up, and we're going to jump in here real quick and and uh, find out what else is going on. Man, it's been a, it's been a it's it's been an eventful time around the the City Life building. Uh, yesterday, I know we had some 
uh, our, our outreach for homeless through the, we call it a COVID-19 yes, relief, drive. relief drive. Yes, yes. that's it. Yeah, so that, that was all going on yesterday. Yes. But tell us a little sure. bit about what's Ooh. going on. On the spinny chair. You mind if I hand this off to you? Sure. I'm going to hand this off to you, and then you can hop in and see if you can jump in with a few of you guys, because here in a minute, we're going to go live and answer a few of your questions and uh, see if you can pull up that live stream for us. And I'm wildly excited uh, and kind of overwhelmed to share with you about what happened uh, yesterday. And it was kind of a, a cumulative byproduct or picture of what's happened this last week. Um, in our neighborhood, which is our our radius of where we're, we are as a church, uh, something that you've instilled in us as a church is as a local church, we are a local church yes. and we take care of those that are part of our church family and those in our neighborhood. Yes. The, the bit, there's a big question is even in a time like this of COVID-19, how, who do I take care of or who's my neighbor or what cause do I give toward? And I think that a lot of us don't need to look much further than the our front yard, our yeah. front door, our neighborhood, right. um, or uh, even right down the street on, on Lancaster where there are many, many homeless. Yes. And uh, I'm very, very um, excited that we've got to be in partnership with an organization called Beautiful Feet who have been overwhelmed with, yeah. uh, essentially with people that are in need. And, and one of the things that Beautiful Feet does is one of the most powerful things they do, I guess you could say, is they provide meals, good, yeah. healthy, it's probably one of the best sources of healthy meals for the homeless right here in our neighborhood. Right, it's, it's a meals and ministry combination. Yes. And um, essentially while we are struggling with sheltering in place, there are a whole lot of homeless who don't even have shelter yeah. <laughs> to be in. And um, and there's been a, actually a lot of withdrawal in terms of contribution to homeless ministry. Many homeless ministries have closed down. And there's been this need that we've been able to meet. And uh, we came out here with a goal of praying and hoping that there would be 15 people yeah. that would contribute to uh, feed some hungry mouths right, yes. here, right here in our neighborhood. And I'm very, very excited to share with you the report. And in fact, I got the report back uh, from one of the individuals over at Beautiful Feet. And I want to read it to you. Yeah. It says, hey, City Life Church, we are humbled and thankful for your very generous donations to help feed Fort Worth's unsheltered homeless, as well as several inner city families. We have gone from feeding around 60 a day to an average of 175 a day. And today, because of your donation, we fed 186. Wow. Each sack lunch contains a minimum of one water bottle, one sandwich, chips, something sweet, a gospel track or encouraging word of devotional, toilet paper, hygiene <laughs> items. We also provide extra food as we have it as well, including donated fruit. She said your incredible, generous donations today will feed about a thousand mouths. Wow. A wow. thousand mouths wow. over this time period. And we can include fresh fruit. So we're excited. So she says, in conclusion, thank you for caring for those who cannot give back and may not ever have the opportunity to thank you. We, we are grateful to partner with you and being a light to those in need. And that's just one way how the church can be the church. Yes. 
in a time like this. Yeah. We may not be gathering physically, but we can still um, produce an impact exponentially uh, outside of these doors. And so thank you so much for uh, being a part and, and uh, ma- helping make this possible. And uh, City Life is able to do ministry as we honor God through our giving. Yeah. And you have, we have a generous church filled with generous people. Yeah. Uh, we have so many generous volunteers, so many generous people who have come to make this possible uh, and, and donate their time. But our ministry is able to continue and do what we do because of your, uh, your gifts, your financial gifts. And there are a few ways to give and those options are going to be up there on the screen for you. The best way is right now is through either the City Life app or through the City Life website at citylifefw.com. Org. Yes. And, uh, and so I had a few things that I was excited to, to share with you. But if you're new to City Life, new to church, or maybe you uh, want to get more involved, you're, maybe you want to get involved with the e-community or find out what it means to join a church, um, be a part of what's happening at City Life uh, as a community, you can do that through the City Life app. Just go in to interact, click take action and complete a next form. And we'd love to help you out, be in touch with you and either help you take another faith step or a step to connect with uh, your local church. And we have some questions. Good. I have some uh, good, good. written down here and I'm not sure if you have any nope. that's pulled up there, but what a wonderful word today. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And I love that idea behind believe. And your word for the year is arise. 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 And it's it's a, it's and a, it's funny because I said it this morning when I was trying to get, get out of bed. Arise. It, it helps. That's right. It helps. Yeah. <laughs> it does. What's funny is our first Sunday at City Life was the Easter Sunday. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because the amount of people in this room to put together this broadcast was about the amount of congregants yeah. were gathered for our little small Sunday service. Yes, yes. From that to now, seeing week after week, we're not just reaching tens, but hundreds and thousands. Yes. Because of what God's done through yes, us. Yes. And so never to despise the day of small beginnings. That's right. God's doing some good things in our church and also City Kids. I hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of The Greatest Adventure. Uh, Thank you, Ian, for putting that together. You are wildly creative and uh, and I love it and the kids love it and I've heard some wonderful reports. I even heard a report back from, I won't say who, um, but a child in our church was saying that watched the episode on obedience and he and the little, little boy went to his dad and said, Dad, I, I don't know about this. He said, what? He goes, because the video said to obey, and sometimes I don't want to obey. <laughs> <laughs> and so the conviction of the Holy Spirit's in those videos, and so yeah. uh, <laughs> that's what we're providing to you parents. So yeah. we're excited for that. So, so make your children watch them and watch them and watch it over right. and over and over. That's right. <laughs> so here's a, a question from Sarah. And she says, why do you sing songs that nobody knows? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know them. I know. I knew I the know last them. one. I know them. But, well, you know, well, actually, we were able to have the lyrics underneath. Yeah. But it's, it's hard to know what everyone knows. Yeah. But these are the songs we sing in our church. Sure. But, um, but here's one of the cool things. Scripture tells us something. Sing to the Lord. A new wow. song. Wow. Yeah. 
It, it's right there in the scripture. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. That's so good. And so what happens with new songs, uh, they're familiar songs. I love singing old familiar songs. I love them. But, uh, but when you sing a new song, it causes you to think think about mm. what mm. am I saying? What mm. am I? So it actually puts your mind into it that's and good. you engage it a little bit deeper. That's so yeah, so that's, that's why we sing songs that sometimes they don't, we don't always know. Speaking of new songs, one of my favorite songwriters is in this room and I was singing one of her songs from 13 years ago. Oh yeah. Elizabeth Hoverman. Elizabeth, yeah. One of the most amazing songwriters in the world. So check out our music. If you haven't heard, where can they find you? Spotify, Facebook, everywhere. Go yeah. for it. Okay, next question is from Vinny. How can I join? A, he said, I'm new to faith, so how can I join a church community during a time like this? Yeah, well, really, a, a very simple way is is if you're new to faith, you just text that number. In fact, if you can put that number back up on the screen, that would be really helpful. But text that number and just say, I'm new to faith. I, I, want, I want to get connected. And I'll help you get connected because right now we're not, maybe not be able to touch each other like we'd like to, but, but we, can, we can stay connected through this. We can stay connected through our uh, through my teaching videos, and then uh, once once we can you know get you get you in with a uh, church e community, yeah. which is a Facebook group that we have, uh, we can get you into there, and you'll be able to interact with all these other people who attend our church, awesome. and and then take you deeper into partnership. Yeah, so, yeah, wonderful. And you can find if you're in the city life area, Fort Worth area, or even uh, a part of the family on any degree or level. Yeah community, you can access the e-community from the City Life app. And uh, we have that there for you so you can jump in and find that group. And next question, Tina is asking, as a mother, how should I format my Easter traditions with my kids? I think she's asking, in a sense, what are maybe some of your Easter traditions and um, what are some that could be replicated for someone that may not have any? Well, some of the some of the Easter traditions that we've always had is is one thing we love to do is we love to do communion with each other, which is what we just did. Uh, we we've always done that. We we do that at Christmas and and, and Easter yeah. together. Another thing is Chris as traditions such as uh, such as watching the Passion of the Christ together, yes. and just experiencing it, and then talking about it, yes. discussing it, and having these traditions that just continue to go forward. Another right. thing that we'll typically do is we typically have a, a nice meal together. Mm. But the meal is a meal. Uh, it's almost kind of like Thanksgiving in a sense, mm. not just to pig out, but it's to it's to just say thank you, God, for what you've done. Mm. Thank you, God, for your goodness and your blessing in our lives, and and to celebrate that and and, and to to talk about to talk about the things of God, to talk about Easter. So of course, good. we used to do uh, Easter egg hunts with you and, and your brothers uh, when they were younger. We would do the big church ones, and then we would go home and we would like rehide the eggs in the backyard. Y'all would run around. And, I didn't and know those them. were rehid. Yes, they were rehid. Oh my <laughs> word. <laughs> Oh, yes, wow. yes. Yeah. I was the children's pastor, trust me. Very I, resourceful. I knew about that. Yes. <laughs> Very resourceful. And I do remember my, one of my favorite Easter traditions is watching the Ten Commandments. That's right. Before the pa yeah. Passion of the Christ even came around. That's right. The Ten Commandments was our Easter show. It sure was. Oh my word. And that's my favorite. And yeah. so I'm pleading with my wife to watch it and today. And just think about this. Like like Pharaoh, Pharaoh, like he had ten plagues. Yeah. And we just have one. That's good. Wow. But I think that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But that just I just thought about that. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Hey, what was also cool today is uh, 
My daughter's watching online, Olivia, hello. If you can hear me, I love you and you make me so happy. I'm so happy that I get to be your dad and I love that you smile every time I walk in. Yeah. It makes me real happy. Um, and uh, what's cool also is, Olivia, your great grandpa from his living room was preaching the gospel on a live stream Yeah, from his Bible. My dad. Pastor Wayne Woody. Yes. Live from Odessa, Texas. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, one of the things that the people are doing online right now is they're putting in links to your music. So if you go, if you look in there, you'll see all these different links. People are, are dropping in there right now of places you can find Elizabeth's music. So yes. good stuff. Good yes, stuff. yes. Very good. So, well, um, as we close today, I'm going to hand it back off to you to give the pastoral blessing. And, yeah. And, uh, and uh, take it from here and dismiss us All right. from Easter Sunday. Church and family and friends, church family, God bless you and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. Make Jesus know, keep moving forward. Let that resurrection power rise up in you. You are an instrument of God. Simply believe. God bless you. Have you discovered your street of influence? Whether it be family, government, business, arts and entertainment, faith, health and vitality, or education, head over to culturalstreets.com and discover your street today.